the average person uh, does a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, uh, I, I'm sure there was a statistic I could have started the episode with. I guess I just was like the average person and then something will come out of my mouth. Right. And it didn't. So here we are. But the average person, other than whatever they could have been doing, you know, how many bugs they accidentally eat in a year, how many times they fart in a day, fucking whatever the average person does, you know. How many wet dreams do they have? I don't know. I'm not the average person. You know what I mean? The average person cares, I'm going to say, way too much about my sex life and my romantic life. A lot. The average person uh, is always very fascinated in um, whether or not I have a boyfriend. And I don't think, excuse me, I don't think it's for the reasons why I think people would be fascinated in that. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's that. Because, for, you know, if somebody's like, hey, do you have a boyfriend? It's like the brief moment of like, oh, they're understanding. I'm gay. I like men. And uh, I mean, I'm bi, but I have a, pre a preference for men. And then I was like, ah, nah. you're saying this because I look like a chick and you don't understand bisexuality. So you're like, this thing can't be attracted to anything. It's a woman. So it needs to be attracted to men. That's why you want to know it, because I look like. I'm of breeding age, which is a disgusting thing to say. But hey, man, sometimes cis people are disgusting. But I have to, I have to, um, you know, I, I, I have to cut them a little bit of slick. You know what I mean? Um, because, you know, from the outset or from, you know, first meeting me, I do seem like a very romantically oriented person. And I think that a lot of it is kind of outside of my personal control. Like, you know, a lot of shit that's like commercially... Or, like, culturally, you know, the big, like, pop culture s signifiers of romance, that sort of thing. Yeah, a lot of those just find their way to me naturally, right? Like, rose petals, right? Everyone's like, oh, rose petals, rose petals on the bed, rose petals on the floor leading to the bed. We got onto the bed, rose petal went up my ace, it was okay, though, it was romantic. My middle name is Rose, right? So, automatically, oh, romance, what a lover. Love, what a, what a, what a, this episode's going to be a lot of me stammering, so let's um, uh, let's get the introductions out of the way, and then you can decide whether you want to stay here or not. Um, hi, my name is Mickey Soro, and this is my podcast, What's Mine is Ours, spelled H-O-U-R-S, because for about an hour, uh, I, you know, things will be said, things, there will be things I probably, you know, say, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna, it's audio, I'm gonna talk to you, you know, I like, it's happening, um, so, yeah, um, and it's about it, that's really the only qualifier for the episode is that it's about an hour, because what's mine is hours, at least, for at least an hour, it's a stupid title, it's a stupid show, okay, like, you know, play nice, um, so, um, this episode is gonna be a little stupid, I think, um, but not maybe, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, so I've had this episode idea for a while, it actually, um, I, I think, I've been thinking about it for a while, it's something that I, I wanted to look more about, um, and it's, um, but, <laughs> I think you can tell by the amount that I'm stammering that it's going to be kind of a serious conversation. It's something that I wanted to look more about. Then a while ago, there was a TikTok trend, because most people here probably know me from TikTok. There was a TikTok trend that was like, things I could talk forever about. And this topic was one of the ones that was on my trend, or on my 
video in the trend because um not that it like means I have to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they they don't mean shit. If somebody asks me to talk about something and I kinda know what it is, like I'll try to do it. Like I hit somebody recently I appreciated very much on TikTok say that they would listen to me if I was talking about drywall. And I was like, I, you know, maybe one of these days I'll have to do an episode on drywall. Straight up, people say that a lot for some for some reason. I do really appreciate it. And um, you know, I, uh, I just don't really know a whole lot about drywall. But the episode is in the works, probably. I, I definitely, I'll keep they wouldn't mind. Um, I just have to like look up some face facts about drywalls. And it's not that like when I posted that video where I was like topics I could talk about forever. It's not like that meant that I automatically was, like, held to ever doing that, but it, you know, that was one of the ones that came up in my brain for the, uh, video and for, uh, podcast episode, um, because it's something, this topic is something that I think about a lot, so, um, and he's been thinking about a lot for a few years. Um, I, okay, <laughs> you know, you've heard the voice, right? And if you know me from TikTok, you've seen the face. I'm sorry, unfortunately. Hey, if you know me from some videos, you've seen the body. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know what I mean? Usually I don't show much from, like, the chest stuff. Uh, or sorry, from the chest down. So, um, but, yeah. You know, judging by my appearance and my demeanor and my voice, uh, what kind of books do you think? First of all, do you think I'm literate? I want to know. It genuinely does. The answer will surprise you because people are always like, oh, shit, you can read. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. No shame if you can't, but like I can. Um, so um, blue that one. There we go. So now you know. Now you all know. Now you all know my filthy secret. I can read. Oh, um, but um, uh, 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 judging by everything about me that you know or don't know or can glean from just the way that I sound, what kind of books do you think that I do read, right? I definitely have the voice of somebody's dad that reads, like, you know, historical nonfiction about the Yankees or whatever. Fucking whatever they call sports books, but the sport happened a while ago. I don't know. It's what I sound like, though. I sound like I'm just sitting in my apartment and I'm reading just books on, like, you know, the... Milwaukee Bucks, or whatever, and I'm just, like, yelling at my wife to, va please vacuum quieter, the Bucks are in this book, but it's like, I don't have a wife, and if I did, she wouldn't care about the Buck book, I wouldn't care, she could, she could, she could, I don't, I just know the Milwaukee Bucks, because everyone thinks I'm from Milwaukee, it's weird, um, I'm sure Milwaukee's beautiful, I'd love to go sometime, I'm afraid they wouldn't let me leave, <laughs> um, they'll be like, one of us! Um, same with Fargo. I can never go to Fargo because, um, I think just too many people, too many tourists would think that I just really am. I'm not hot enough to be Steve Buscemi, but, you know. Wasn't Frances McDormand pregnant in that movie? I'm sure I'd go there and a lot of people would be like, yo, are you Frances McDormand's child? Did you, like, pick up the accent she was doing in utero and that's why you're like this? And it's like, no, I... It's not true. Also, it could have been... A, I don't know if she was pregnant for real or not. I It's been a while since I've seen Fargo. I don't have to watch it, okay? I'm living it every day. I haven't put a man through a wood chipper yet, but, you know, I'm only 25. Um, I don't have a wood chipper operating license. So, anyway, but, you know, I, I make all these references, but in reality, the media that I probably consume the most is romance novels. I love trashy, stupid romance novels. Um... I just do. I didn't always. 
but I do because there are a lot of flaws within romance novels and like you know different things that could be done better, different things that don't need to be done at all. And it's like it so it you know, and I I think there was also flaws in my understanding of like where romance novels are coming from and novels like explicit novels. I don't really like smut. I I can't <laughs> I can't, dude. Maybe one day. I also I should preface I read them for the plot kind of. I don't get off on the okay. So this episode's going to be like as usual purely NSFW, not safe for work. Yep, got it. Um and like very explicit a lot of references to, you know, the kind of yeah, fun times, you know. Uh, I don't know why I made the Sims noise for fucking. I can just, it's my podcast, I can say fucking. A lot of references to fucking. Um, which is kind of why I'm like, I wanted to do this episode. It's on the, like, it's, I'm the only person behind this podcast, so it's not, I mean, obviously, you know, I didn't build the laptop or whatever. You know, thanks, Intel. Evo Processing Core, you know, whatever, and I, but, uh, it's not like I have a producer that's like, yo, you gotta do the, the we've been holding it for this one, you gotta, it's like, no, it's, I, I wanted to do this one, and I had some spare time, and I was like, yo, I can do this one, because, um, for me, how I came to reading romance novels, it's like a part of something else, and it's what I wanted to talk about when I made the initial video of, like, when I was vaguely in my brain, like, maybe I'll have a podcast one day. Um, I'm, like, beating around the bush, I'm sorry. So, I, um, okay. How do I say this? Uh, this episode's gonna be, I mean, I already did the NSFW, but this episode might be a little graphic, you know, sex-heavy, essay-heavy, that sort of thing. Um, so, it's gonna be a comedy show still, but, like, you know, it's just, I understand that it's not something that everybody wants to hear, or that everybody feels comfortable hearing right now, or ever, and I totally understand that. If you want to turn the episode off, I absolutely support you, like, a lot. Um, and part of it's because I'm probably not going to handle any of this as eloquently as I think I am, which is, like, something that I need to work on. Um, so... This is like, I'm so fucking beat at this, dude. I'm sorry. Okay, so, um, uh, all right. Um, okay, I'm a comedian. I can do this. You know, what we do best is we say things incredibly insensitive, insens insensitively, and we just roll with it. I'm, whew, holy shit. And we just roll with it. And the great thing is, uh, I ain't being insensitive about anybody else because even though comedians are great at that, we really shouldn't be. Um, I'm just going to do it full on and sensitive to myself. Okay, so, um, and this, as you can probably guess, speaks to a whole larger thing, right? So, um, but, so, I, I joke about it a lot. Um, it's something that I reference a lot in my uh, comedy and that sort of thing, is that I am somebody that is very severe uh, trauma. Right. <laughs> I think we can all tell. I think we could all tell, right? Now you're like, Mickey, tell me something I don't know. Well, I don't know what you know, but uh, something tells me they didn't surprise you either. Um, I, um, I, I, uh, I, man, okay. Uh, I want to say it. I really do. Because, so, okay. Big picture, big picture, right? Um, I want, I know, so... 
going through my own journey is a person which I'll get back to the romance books in a second, okay? But going through my journey is, you know, not to be like my journey. Oh, like, like I'm not going to fucking, you know, Miami, right? I'm going to hell, but <laughs> which is hotter than Miami, honestly, from what I've heard. It's been a while since I visited, right? So, um, you know, going through. But it is a journey, you know, in a sense. Uh, this is the part where we're going to talk about serious shit, and then I'm going to make it funny at inappropriate times, and you're going to be like, I love this guy. And I'm going to be like, thank fucking God. <laughs> as long as somebody does. Um, so, but, but it is kind of, you know, I can't speak to every type of trauma. I would never claim to be able to do that. But I can say confidently, is someone that's gone through what I've gone through, it is like, it's... Journey is like maybe too happy of a word, and I feel weird using it, but like it is, it, it, it's, it's, it's a voyage. It's not a fantastic voyage, but it is a voyage. So I, um, excuse me, I'm somebody that he's, um, very severe sexual trauma, specifically. Um, I, you know, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm gonna try to downplay this. I was raped four times in college. It's like this whole big thing. It's a lot of times, okay? It's a lot of... It once felt like, whoa, that's enough. All right, no more of that. And the universe was like, three more of that? And I was like, I mean, I can say no, but what's what's going to happen, really? So, um, there. Just put that on. That's in the audio now. We will... Here, here we go. Um, so, uh, right. So, that's something that, um, as soon as the first time happened to me, I, you know... It, it, there was a lot they took me to even admit that it was the thing that happened to me. I'm gonna get it's gonna get funny again in a second. Then we can talk about stupid romance novels. I promise. There's meaning to, behind why I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say. So there was a lot that went into me even being able to say that I that I am a victim of that specific style of crime, or not not style, but you know what I mean. Or that I am a survivor. I use both words. I know for some people, it, for me, it depends on the day. Some days. I really don't feel, it's not like I'm always like, it's not like, um, it's not like it's like at the front, like the forefront of my mind. I mean, like, it's always in there, but the word that I use, like, you know, sometimes, like, it's something that just kind of like comes up, like, kind of sporadically, right? Where like, um, you know, sometimes we'll see something that's like, you know, believe survivors. Like, we'll be on Etsy, and we'll be scrolling, fucking whatever, and we'll see, like, a sticker that's, like, yeah, a little teal ribbon. It's, like, believe survivors. And I'm, like, yeah, hell yeah, believe us. Believe, I believe you. Believe us. You know what I mean? Sorry. And then, um, then other times, like, you know, we'll, people, you know, I see a lot of nasty comments on Reddit, people being, like, well, rape survivors didn't survive anything. All you had to do was lay there and take it. And I feel horrible just saying that. Um, and so, you know, then sometimes I get down on myself and I'm like, maybe I didn't really survive anything. You know what I mean? Like, all I did was whatever, whatever I did, you know what I mean? It's, I don't want to get into like the specifics of it, but, um, so it's, but you know, it took me a while to even be able to use any of those words and to frame what happened to me the first time it happened to me is just me, like something outside of me being bad at sex because later is an adult. I was 19 when it really happened. But later, as an adult in my 20s, um, I went on to have consensual sex. And let me tell you, I, I'm i bad at it. I'm so fucking bad at it. It's going to have to be its own separate episode. Um, but, you know, it took me 
there was months of me just like agonizing over it and being like, I'm, you know, trying to put words to this experience that are inappropriate for me to use. Clearly, I'm just being at sex. And it's like, well, you are. You are. But it's outside of everything that happened to you. You're being at sex. But then there also wasn't, you didn't consent to what happened to you. You know what I mean? It was like a whole thing. And then the minute I was able to put those pieces together, I felt horrible. But I also was like, you know, now I know there's a direction to go in. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I, I was like trying. I was like trying, dude. Like I was like fucking trying. It took because it took months to even be able to say like the word assault. You know what I mean? Um, other than like piece of salt, please. And people are like the salt, and it's like no, nah, I really only need one grain. You know what I mean? God, I hate myself. So, <laughs> but like I was like fighting for direction. Um, and like I was like effectively just banging my head against the metaphorical wall. I went to Simmons at the time, which is now a university. I got to before, <laughs> before they, and it's why they transitioned, uh, to a university. Um, cause I transferred away. <laughs> I think it's not true. Um, but uh, their library is very like sex positive. And, you know, this was, you know, before I got into romance novels, which I promise we're getting back to, but it was, it's a very intersectional feminist school. And there is also a lot of failings at the college in particular, but it could be like a whole fucking other, excuse me, episode that I could do. Um, oh, geez, sorry. Um, but like, I, I, I would just, it was just like every, a few times a week. Cause I would like, you know, in addition, cause I, it's also kind of where my workaholism came from where it, 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 I've mentioned a few times on the show that I used to work 100 hours a week, right? Like, as soon as I got to go to college and I got a job, and then that job turned into three jobs at the same company. I'm sorry. And I was working um, 100 hours a week. Like, that's where they came from. It's part of where they came from. So I was, like, doing my fucking homework, doing my fucking week's worth of homework early, going to the library and just devouring these books about, like, safe sex and like feminist sex whatever and like you know the queer sex you know how to phrase whatever man scissor who knows you know the dick in butt who knows dude i was just like reading them like i was like i was trying to like i was like i said i was trying to find a direction right so uh, <laughs> it's gonna get funny eventually i swear i was trying to find a direction i was like okay so i think i identified the problem it's that i'm a bad lay if i read all these books will be a better lay. Why does the thought of it make me feel horrible? And then when I was finally able to put the word to it, I was like, oh, okay. It's because I've been going in the wrong direction. Like, I was doing the best I can with the knowledge that I allowed myself to have. But once I had to objectively put the word to it, it'd be like, this was an unconsensual experience. And I I am traumatized by it. Um, then I was able to to go in a different direction. So, and it did happen four times and it just you know every time it happened um i don't want to get into the specifics of how hey maybe another episode right It'll keep the podcast running um it it would like um i would just the need for resources would become greater right now that i could identify the type of resources i i did need the, every time it happened i needed those resources more and every time i would search for them they wouldn't be there because there's already, I'm going to say, there's already not a lot. Like, there's a lot more than there used to be, which, like, thank God. But, like, there's not, 
and like there's great organizations and like stuff and like you know i'm in the boston area so um bark boston area rape crisis center is it b-a-r-c-c yeah they they're great i never went there in person but i picked up some, some of their like merchandise and these sort of stuff um not merchandise but like pamphlets right everyone likes a good pamphlet um and like that sort of thing so like there's more we can talk about certain things more openly but there's still a lick of certain resources that i noticed like if i found a resource usually honestly if i found a resource it would usually be for child victims of sexual assault which is also really fucking gross not gross that these people like have lived and grown into adults and are now looking at it's not what i'm saying like they just ugh, oh man i just can't it's horrible that people can do that to a child like genuinely like straight up um obviously you know chances are you didn't need me to tell you that um but so you know but the majority of the time when i would be searching for resources either in print or like um on the internet it would be resources for adults who were sexually abused as children and i'm absolutely not saying that these people don't deserve resources and i'm also not saying that they have all the resources that they need like there's there should be more resources across the board for everybody but if i didn't find that and i did find it specifically for late teens and adults um usually it was like strictly geared towards women um sorry and is you know He's a, a trans person. They made me feel kind of weird. It, there's a lot missing, I think, in Toixaboot being a survivor. You know, there's the whole demographics missing, right? Like, it's very much geared towards, like, I'm going to say, like, straight, cis, white women. Like, it's, it's, like, there are books that maybe were published probably, like, a few years ago where they assume that the reader is, like, just middle-class, like, straight cis white woman who, you know, just had one, like, is completely not her fault experience. And the thing is, they, of course it's not her fault, no matter what, but it's also, I feel like, the understanding in some older resources is, like, the the attacker model, you know what I mean? Where people are people are less quick to judge somebody that gets fucking yoinked into the bushes, right? Than somebody they like. If if it was this isn't like a layer of like you know identity based social oppression. I'm not trying to say that at all. But if it was the same straight cis white woman and she was raped at a party, they you know that opens up a whole different conversation, you know than if she was just, like, a businesswoman and some stranger attacked her and just, like, you know, you know what I mean? It's a whole thing. And then just, like, additionally, every other, like, it just, from from there, like, there's already such a disparity between, like, the demographic, the different, like, situations under which sexual assault can occur, then judging by the fact that we can't even get that right, like the, automatically there's going to be less resources for people holding any marginalized identity you know resources um for for victims that are people of color resources for disabled victims resources for elderly victims i honestly not a lot which is like but it's like you know, it's, uh, 
you know, I work in like elder care and I know that n never anywhere that I've worked, but like I've heard horror stories. They like, it does happen in some places and there's not resources for it. Like, you know what I mean? Like there are, but like you have to, you have to dig, you know what I mean? Like they're not surface level. They're not as easily accessible as the very few resources that are. And, uh, you know, and the more, the, the more um, marginalized identities that a person holds, like the less likely they are to find resources that they can like, they will actually be like beneficial to them in their experience. Right. So like, you know, taking elderly, the elderly population for for example for for an example so i was trying to say or or for the example um is um so like you know resources for you know god forbid any of this happens but resources for if it's an elderly woman that gets assaulted versus if it's an elderly man right because there's so few resources for men and then you eat on something like age and they barrier, you know, and I, you know what I'm trying to say. So it's something that I found in my experience, like there are definitely ways in which like resources for victims and survivors, excuse me, are like more geared towards me. Like, like I'm a white person. Right. So, you know, a, a lot of, you know, like I was saying about how most of them are geared towards specifically like cishet white lady, like that sort of thing. So, um, and then like, I'm also not somebody that like, I don't use the TTY, right? Or like that sort of thing. So like, you know, not every hotline is accessible for death callers, but I'm not somebody that needs that. So I have privilege in that way is what I'm trying to say. But I, I have noticed that like the, the I, I, you know, not to, not to be like, but those problems don't matter because here are mine. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to say with all this before I went on a fucking tangent, because this is something that's been building up in me for fucking years. And it's probably going to be building up for in me for the rest of my life, honestly. Um, because, you know, it's something that I was patient about, patient about prior to what happened. And now I'm even more patient about it, but like in a way that hurts a lot more. So like what I noticed looking out for the searching for resources and searching for people that have gone through my experience, there's just not as many, right? There's not as many, like I feel more, I can't, I, I won't say I can fully claim, like just for me personally, because I'm not all the way guy, like that's just not how I identify. It's all very fluid and stuff. I'm not going to say that I can claim all of like... I can't always relate to everything about like a male survivor's experience, somebody that identifies as male survivor's experience. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. But like, you know, when I would be like, you know, just shorthand, like survivor resources for guys, you know, it, it's much less. Right. And there's, and then it also goes into like the entire conversations about like mental health. Like, you know, usually sometimes not, maybe not usually, but a lot of times for when somebody is a survivor, they need resources that are like twofold or threefold. You know what I mean? Where it's not just dealing with the trauma of what happened. It's also like, what does the trauma do to them? What does the trauma do to their body? Like, does the trauma make them do anything to their body? You know, like, are they self-injurious? Are they, you know, using using substances? Are they like to, to, to like dump down the feelings to make them go away? Or like, you know, if they developed like 
the motor ticks or something, you know what I mean? Like, um, so, and it's just like, well, already there's baseline no information. So then when we get into like the, the finer details of it, there's still not that much information. And so it's something that, that I, you know, I don't have a huge play. <laughs> I don't have a huge platform. Well, obviously, I, I was, I was, I was trying to say that with a straight face, and then I was like in the back of my mind, I was like, I have no platform. Like this is, this is it. But <laughs> like, so it's something that I want. It's all a very long-winded way to say, like, because there aren't. It, like, I want to be the resource that I couldn't find. You know what I mean? Um, like it's. The, those experiences were something that's very um much a part of me like uh, it, it, you know it's not like maybe not in the way that people think but like you know it's it's in me you know what i mean like not to be like it's dramatic but also i get to be i it's me right like it's my experience i can i can i can be dramatic about it but like it's it's physically in me you know like what like what happened to me, you, you know what I mean? Like I can feel it in me. I I don't mean that like, like I, I like I mean that you know what I mean? Like I'm not just being like fun with words. Like I I mean it. I, it's you know what I mean? Like it's always in the back of my mind, and it, it to some extent it shades in like it fills in things in every single thing that I do. It like fills in something that for other people might not be filled in. So like I'm doing a lot better now. I, yeah, I'm going to, well, straight up, I am. I literally am. <laughs> um, I really am. But, um, like, I, there's, you know, parts of it that, that it will get better, and there's parts of it that might never leave me. You know what I mean? So, um, like, I, um, well, yeah, I, I, I talk a lot about driving, on uh, because I, I fucking hate driving. But, <laughs> Like, you know, I'm, I'm just like, the the part of why I drive so poorly some of the time is it's like, I've mentioned it's like an extension of my body dysmorphia and like body image concerns, where it's like, I don't understand how much space I take up in space. And I don't like, excuse me, sorry. I don't understand like where I am in space. I don't have that proprioceptive skills so they makes driving difficult because like people will be honking i'm like i don't think i can fit through that space because i don't know where my body is right now you know what I mean? it's like that sort of thing it's just day-to-day -day shit you know what i mean they're like i like i'm a chill guy and it's like i don't want to make like a big deal about nothing right because like i'm literally like a 25 year old like slicker stoner dude like it's my whole thing right and it's like I, I would never, you know, it's like not a conversation that I want to have with a lot of people, I say, as I put it on a public forum. Um, but it's because it's something that I want to do, because I might not be the, the resource. I might not have all the answers. I might not have any of the answers. But all I can do is talk about my experience. So, like, they, there's, like, a huge stigma with surviving. You know what I mean? There's obviously, you know what I mean? Because like me too was such a big thing because it was shocking. It, people, the people were gen, there were genuinely people that were outraged and still are outraged that people are speaking out to the extent where they will not believe them and they will like do horror and say horrible things about these people. Like, you know, I, 
you go on the internet, there there is still... How long has it been since Bill Cosby's been in the news? Like, that story's important, and those survivors deserve to have their stories heard, but people will just bring it up out of context just to shame the survivors for speaking out. And it's like, you're just angry at survivors, just like straight up, in ways that you do not need to be. You know what I mean? So it's just like... I don't know, man. There's just, like, such a fucking stigma, and it's just like, I want to be able to be somebody somebody you know what i mean like there there i it's like a weird vulnerability that i as a comedian don't love reaching but it feels a little better you know what i mean and also like i super appreciate it from other people they have stepped forward and told their stories and it's like i might never get to that point but i i do want to be somebody's this uh, not to be it doesn't have to be me but it's like because i have this experience i want to be able to you know what i mean like i'm not i might not be a resource but i am an example that someone can point to and be like there's one more you know what i mean like i if some transmasculine or trans neutral person hears this or if a gay or bi man or just any man honestly um here's this yeah i've noticed that there's not a lot of resources specific to the queer community at all or the trans community at all or you know that sort of thing or like i was saying just men or just people that identify partially with masculinity you know what i mean like there's not a lot of resources so if i can be somebody that somebody can point to and be like there's one more it's not just me they you know that's because Hey man, I had the experience. Why not talk about it? You know, so like you know, like I was saying, it, it it's literally part of everything that I do. Um, and so it's like it, it's just, it's always, uh, it's always like it, you might be able to tell in some jokes I make too. It's always just like right on the tip of my tongue, and it's not that I want to say it. It's just that I don't want it in me <laughs> anymore you know what i mean because like you know straight up like not we'll get back to the romance novels i promise but like also this episode probably fucking sucks because i'm just like fucking rambling and like i'm hoping somebody finds something in it and i'm hoping that i can be the not resource resource but at the same time like this episode is trash garbage and i do apologize um profusely but also hey man this is just i is it it's the content of the episode is my fault, but, like, you know, it's not my fault I'm like this. But, um, I just, it's, like, there's so much that I do want to talk about. Now that I'm, like, starting to talk about it, and I, uh, the problem is, I, 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 oh, I framed the episode within that this was going to be a, 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 a quicker disclaimer than it turned out to be and then we would talk about goofy fucking romance novels we're getting there i promise and it's like well why don't i just make the, this the big like mickey sexual assault special and it's like well you know we we can't because i already i can't edit it there's i don't know how to edit it on the software so we have to get back to the romance novels eventually and we will so yeah let's try to do that now so like you know after a while of feeling trash garbage i was and not being able to find resources, like, I, you know, was, there's a point where you kind of scramble, you know what I mean, like, I'm scrambled all the time, I don't know if you can tell by, like, the amount of effort it took to say the sentence, oh, jeez, but I'm, I'm scrambled all the time, you know what I mean, it's also, for me, part of the, 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 the PTSD, I have a lot more 
built up in me than I let on. Um, and like, yeah, I'm not doing this for sympathy or nothing. I just genuinely, like I was saying, this is genuinely something that I, in addition to being a comedian, this is genuinely something that I do want to talk about. And I do think is important to talk about. And I just, the fact that I can't put the words to it, that's on me, <laughs> unfortunately. But, you know, after a while you get kind of scrambled and, you know, for, I, you know, I just, I, I'm lucky that I found the resources that I did and I was able to make up some of the, the shit that I did. Like, so like some of my coping mechanisms historically have not been great. I've been pretty open that I, 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 you know, I'm, if you've seen me in person, if you know, you know, but, um, like, you know, yeah, I am a writer, right? So I can take some of the, um, like the gross feelings. And if I put it into a character, then it's like, okay, I'm not so alone. Cause like this fucking guy's got it. You know what I mean? And I'm a comedian. And like I said, it always kind of seems like it's on the tip of my tongue. There's always something a little dark sided to uh, a lot of my humor, especially my sex comedy. Um, because like for me, sex will always kind of be a dark sided subject. Um, I, I know the difference and I can differentiate until it comes close to me. And then it's just all except well, okay, let's, it's because I, I, I coached this in a discussion about romance novels. How did I get to the romance novels? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, when it all happened to me, I was a virgin, right? Virginity is fake, but like, I never hate sex. I only hate my first kiss. Um, because my friend, oh, she's a sweetheart. Gina, if you're out there, um, it's been a while. I, I, I don't use social media that much anymore, so it's been a while for everybody. But, um, you know, I had, she was like, are you going to kiss her? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, well, you know, you can try. And I tried and I thought you had to use tongue. And then she was like, yeah, I don't know if you're, <laughs> I don't know if you're a good kisser. And I was like, you know what? Straight up me neither. I might've, I'm not French. I don't know why I did that. She, 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 we, we both thought it was funny though. Um, so it turns out dates only done in France. Um, I sound Canadian. I don't know if I sound French Canadian, but maybe Canadians do it too. Maybe I'm more Canadian than I realize. But, um, so like, you know, I, I, but when it happened, I, I, part of the way that I tried to, to cope with it is that I thought that I would, I don't know what I fucking thought, dude. I was just fucking leashing out at shit. Well, obviously, I leashed out at my body a lot. That's something that I have struggled with for the majority of my life. But I also, um, it, I, it's weird. So, like, you know, yeah, I have this, like, like, knee-jerk, like, gut reaction, just, um, uh, bleh, you know what I mean? to like sexual content and to some extent romantic content right and then for I did this thing for a little while where I started reading romance novels and then I would like write down everything that I thought was wrong with them and it was this weird thing where I was doing this and in a way it justified that I was right because I still didn't want to relinquish control in a way like even though I was able to say the word of what had happened to me and like that sort of thing. Like I, there was still a part of me that was like, if I still continue to frame it as sex and if I intentionally seek out aspects of sex, that maybe like are also make me feel kind of uncomfortable. Then it's like, it blurs that line. 
I'm not going to sing the song. You can think of it. Um, and it, then it's like, it lessens what I went through. So I was reading all these romance novels, right? And, you know, you, you, hey, if you haven't read a romance novel, there's at least one sex scene. It's always the sexy cowboy takes off his shirt in the rain or whatever, or the sexy knight takes off his armor and he's got like really warm dick because he's been in metal all day. The princess thinks it's fucking hot. I don't know. It is. It's literally warm. Um, But like, there's at least one sex scene. And I think in Pirate, I started reading it, is reading things that were graphically sexual or at least something that I at the time considered to be graphically sexual um that um like is a form of shocking myself and hurting myself in a way and maybe triggering me to a point where things would go further um and i was just i was seeking it with this shit intentionally because it does repulse me <laughs> it does it's also something that complicates this whole discussion is the i don't identify strictly as asexual or aromantic I say I'm bi or pan. That's the word that I use, but I'm a completely non-sexual person and I always have been. It's the, I like, I don't have a libido. I'm not sexually attracted to people. I don't do any of the fun stuff. I tried to buy a vibrator. I, I bought it. I mean, I bought it. I tried to use it. It made me cry. Um, it doesn't feel good. Like it does not feel good. Like I, I hate it on, this is TMI. Uh, we're, you know, we're all adults. You made it this far, right? I put it on the lowest setting and I was just like, I feel horrible. Like I gen, I genuinely, I feel like I have to piss and shit and cry and vomit all at once. And, uh, that I don't think is an orgasm. Although I, oh my God, I distinctly, oh, I, I distinctly remember that, um, I read this fucking book. I think it was literally called like, I heart orgasming. Hey, at Simmons college. Am I right? And, um, I, someone, I remember the, I read it and like, I, I've never had one. Okay. And also I don't want one remotely at all. I, I, I don't want one at all. I don't want to know the sounds that I'm going to make when it happens, because again, I very distinctly have like cartoon character actor voice. And I think <laughs> it's going to be disgusting I don't want to know the face that I make because also like I'm guessing when I had sex, did I take my glasses off? I think I had my contacts in. No, I definitely took my glasses off for sex. Yeah, because I was crying, right? I, there was a lot of crying, and my contacts would uh, crying as hard as I was at the time. My contacts absolutely would have fallen out. So I must have I must have just been just, just nothing in the eyes. Um, so already, if I have to take the glasses off in order to achieve orgasm, uh, you know, I don't, my eyes are going to be unfocused anyway. And I just, it's, I, I don't want to know what their face is going to look like. Um, I just don't want to know. I just don't want to know. I don't want to know, like, I, uh, it's the loss of control of the body is what terrifies me because is somebody that's obviously been through uh, graphic sexual violence four times in my life in a very short period of time. It's like, I can't even get that high, like, to be completely honest. Like, there are some days where it's just like, I just can't, like, I can't do, I can't do edibles, like, that sort of thing, where it's like, I just, it's the loss of control of the body that makes me so terrified, because I've had control of my body turned over to somebody else, inadvertently and it just i can't i can't do it man so uh no orgasm for me but um so you know it's okay 
So, but I was reading, <laughs> I was reading this fucking book, and it, I think it was called "I Heart Orgasming," and it was like the per the way that the person described it, they were like, it sounded like a stroke, like it sounded like they it, it, they were describing a medical emergency. And I was just like, holy shit, and you do this on purpose, and you're in a book saying you enjoy it? Not for me. Um, so, like, you know, I whatever, man. So, fucking the romance novels, right? So, it, you know, I, 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 I'm trying, dude. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, I, I think that does also complicate uh, what came from me saying that I do fall somewhere on the asexual and aromantic spectrum, despite not using those words for myself specifically. Um, like, I, my sex favorability level changed from trauma because pre that I was like, you know, I might. And now I'm like, you know what? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, um, and it doesn't mean that I won't. It just means that my body's going to tell me to stop the entire time that it's happening to me. So, um, but I, uh, you know, I think that also it was picking on something like romance novels for me was a very easy target because I, I felt in a way that if I pick up this book and I read these things and they're disgusting to me, like even if the romance is disgusting to me, that it means that like I am like validated because in a way I was like, it, it is again the blurring of the line where it's like, well, I feel disgusted by what happened to me. Look at all well, this consensual shit that's happening in this book. I still think it's disgusting. I guess that means it's well disgusting, right? And I, you know, I, I, it's okay that I feel this bead. Maybe I don't even feel the bead at all, honestly. It's like this weird twisted thing, but I, it, it doesn't make sense, obviously. It's, it's, you know, somebody, I think a lot of stuff I've said in this episode doesn't necessarily make sense because it's somebody rambling. <laughs> sorry, I got to fill an hour. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, about like the first, it takes a while for PTSD to hit in some people. Um, I I felt it whoosh over me in stages, um, and I didn't really like that, and I still do not like that. <laughs> and um, but like something that people, I think there's a weird lack of conversation about like the PTSD and then the acknowledgement of the PTSD. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I think for people that don't have it, the understanding is that like, you'll have something that is indicative of, you'll have an experience that's like, oh, okay, duh, PTSD, got it. And you're immediately like used to it. You can always point to it and be like, yep, it's a thing that I have, it's acting up again, and it's like, I'm gonna tell you, you can't, straight up, like, this is a tangent, but it's just so many things I've wanted to say for so long, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, I'm, we're not gonna become, like, a, you know, sexual assault central here, you know what I mean, like, it's not gonna be, um, I'll do a couple episodes on it, not in succession, and yeah, because again, I want to be able to be somebody for somebody, you know what I mean, sorry, um, it's making me, like, kind of sick um i can do it though but it's one of the things you know what i mean so like it's one of the things where it's like it took a while to get used to it right so like i've referenced it a lot because it's built into i got so fucking lucky that it's like built into it, it, the part of my like body reactions to 
PTSD triggers and that sort of thing, um, which have been getting better, but they, they're physical in a way that can be used for comedy. Like, you know, I remember, um, I just, after it happened the first time, and I distinctly remember, especially after it happened the second time, because I got a, <laughs> I got, a, um, daytime I got it, uh, uh, I went to the hospital and I got like whatever done. I got a kit done, okay? Insensitive saying it right out there, just like, boom, shock ya. <laughs> you shocked yet? Um, and they sent me home with, uh, prep, pep, post-exposure, post-exposure, pep. And they were like, so they sent me home with Dramamine too, because I was like, what's this? And they were like, yeah, well, you know, pep makes people kind of sick. So, you know, Dramamine, so once you take it, you can keep it down. And I just remembered I tried to take the pep. I, I like, horped it up. I just could not do it. And then I tried to take the Dramamine, and it just wasn't enough. And I was just like, oh, shit, I'm going to be feeling really, really nauseous for, like, a while, right? And, like, straight up, I always feel a little not good, like, in my body. You know what I mean? And, like, you know, they're, but for the, like, they just, like, underlying nausea. It took, like, a while to get used to. And now I'm kind of used to it. Now I know what it is. I can point to it and be like, yeah, okay, I'm not feeling good because someone taped me on the shoulder. Got it. And it's, like, less intense and that sort of thing. But, like, you know, it took a while because, you know, after, you know, I'd wake up and I'd be like, damn, why do I feel like I'm going to throw up? Oh, right. I got I got raped up the ace. You know what I mean? Like, not only, but, you know, I also, like, yeah, I have to be. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a jerk, man. I'm just fucking blunt to myself. Because it's the only way I can say it. But um, I, I remember distinctly this one time I convinced myself I was having a heart attack and I went to urgent care. And I was like, because I drink Monster, like straight up. And I hid PTSD for like two years at that point. So I, I, in retrospect, it's like, okay, obviously I was having a panic attack. But I was like, huh, one monster over the limit. I got to go to urgent care. So I went to urgent care. I was like 21, <laughs> 20 or 21. I must have been 21, and they were like, you heard a take at 21, and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yep, and then they're like, all right, hey, um, do you have any, like, mental health conditions, because I, like, hate to write down all my symptoms, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I have, like, yeah, they can, like, see my hand shaking, I'm like, yeah, I have, like, you know, whatever, and they're like, okay, you're just having a panic attack, dude, like, your heart is fine, but, like, you were body is like having a reaction to something and i was like oh fuck what do i do and then they gave me a prescription for hydroxyzine which i'm gonna say if you can't sleep at night hydroxyzine will fix it um hydroxyzine i looked it up it, it is primarily for like they, they could tell i was shaking they could tell i was twitchy and not doing a good job with like it just like like I am now, <laughs> like I am all the time, um, so, <laughs> woo, PTSD, um, they could tell that I, like, wasn't doing so good, they didn't think I was, like, having active, like, alcohol withdrawals, was because I wasn't, but this is what it's primarily for, that's what the, the main use is, but it, for, for other people, it, like, quells panic attacks, uh, they put me on a dose so high that I, anytime I took a pill, I'd fucking fall asleep, <laughs> I took one in my fucking internship because I was having a fucking panic attack and I needed to sit down and like embroider with people because I was at an art um, 
I was an assistant in, like, an art co-op sort of thing. I'm just, like, fucking, like, stabbing myself in the fingers accidentally trying to fucking embroider. And I was like, I shouldn't take the fucking horse tranquilizer. But I did, didn't I? Because I'm a Sagittarius and I hate to be tranquilized, didn't I? Oh, man. So they told us, say, they, you know, sometimes it takes a while. It takes a while to, to recognize it. You know what I mean? Now I know what the noise means. Now what I know, now I know what a panic attack means. You know what I mean? So um, it, it takes a while to get around to it. And um, the, I'm getting to the romance novels. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the romance novels, I promise. So that was kind of my thing where, like, I it took me a while to pinpoint the point of yucky and also like i'm not saying that i like read romance novels until my trauma went away like it's not that like i'm still somebody that's like highly traumatized and i'm not saying that to like glorify it or like bragging like i had so much like just rage just in the pit of my stomach at all times no i'm not trying to be like i got more rage than you <laughs> like i shake more than you like no it's i'm trying to say it is like um just a reality you know what i mean like it's still in me and you know it, 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 finding a space to navigate sex and romance and love and attraction safely in romance novels which is where i wanted to go with this um isn't the only thing that helped me get to the point that i am and like you know you'd be a slide a lot of the time sometimes like you know there was definitely a point in college where i was just fucking drunk every night, you know, because I just, like, could not, I just couldn't be in my body alone, you know what I mean? It's just like, well, if I make myself sick with the alcohol, then I don't have to think about, like, the memories that are making me feel sick, that sort of thing. Um, so, it's it just like, you know, there's been a lot, and, you know, everyone's healing journey looks different, everybody finds solace in different things, but I think that something that's the, the, the reason why I wanted to talk about this episode, I wanted to get, well, did it, because again, representation, I'm not claiming that I can't represent everybody, I only represent my own story, really, but if other people latch onto it and feel, um, like, you know, not alone, it's, it's all I could ever want, honestly, and I feel bad if you are like, yeah, I vibe with some of it, but also, hey, you're, you're not alone either, so we're in this together. Um, I think that's important. I just feel bad that people have ever gone through it. But I think in trying to like anger read romance novels, I accidentally like discovered that they can be a safer way to like understand. So I still want, and again, this is like I was saying, kind of complicated by the way that I do and don't experience like romantic attraction and absolutely do not experience sexual attraction so um it's a safer way to experience it and also like you know i got i i started reading them a lot because i they're they're fun like genuinely i read them for the plot but then it's also like it doesn't leave me feeling as gross afterwards is like you know, there's some things that, like, I can't, I can't do sex scenes in movies, that sort of thing, but, um, like, it is, I think it is important that, I mean, for, I think we've all kind of known in a while, they, or for a while, you know what I mean, that, like, romance novels obviously fill some sort of void, or are some sort of outlet for people that are looking 
for a, an outlet of a certain type. And they are because they're written and they're like romance. You know, it's usually written in a way that is a safe space. You know what I mean? Um, where it's like, you know, like it's a safe avenue for like housewives. They want to like, sorry, read about like Prince Charming sweeping somebody with their feet and having vanilla penis and vagina sex. You know what I mean? It's great. Like people they want, they should be able to, to access that. I've also found, I think other people have found that it is an interesting outlet and a safer outlet for like you can and I, it's just like tender you know in a way they like still reading the the se- sometimes i do have to skip over the sex scenes but like it, it, i like that it, the romance novels tend to follow uh like a pattern they they don't necessarily ever deviate from you meet the main character you meet the love interest there's a little conflict but it's usually usually like you know you can the romance blossoms and like there's never any like there's a plot obviously and it sometimes can include danger and that sort of thing but there's also like the tenderness between the two main characters is something that like i haven't been able to feel um irl you know what i mean and so it's like a healthy way to it just like you know i think i found them at the right time you know what i mean where it's like so in order to, um, like, yeah, I don't really want to explain it really good, which sucks because this is a podcast, so it requires me saying it. Um, it's something, it's just about, like, it, it is soft, you know what I mean? It, people are always like, oh, they're soft and cushy and stupid and they're mushy and they're dumb, and it's like, yeah, some people need it, because, like, sexually, the world has not treated me necessarily very kind. You know, and it's in a way where it's like I keep myself far removed from sex and romance and that sort of thing. But they also provide an outlet where I know that nobody's going to get hurt. Right. And there might be some things that like kind of make me feel kind of gross and make me feel kind of weird. But like it's like it it meant a lot to me and it still means a lot to me as a reader and as a survivor to be able to see such swiftness. Um placed over something that hurt me so much and continues to hurt me like i'm like safe like but you know like the the after effects the aftershock of that sort of trauma and also honestly um like i think i mentioned recently hellraiser right the the movie um one of the reasons why hellraiser the movie i don't know if it's a book hit me up (laughs) i don't know um i why i was so drawn to the movie and why the sex scenes in the movie stuck out to me so much is that they um they did it so swift focus you know what i mean where they i've never i really watching sex scenes is kind of a it's kind of a uh, we'll see for me we'll see if we can get through this um um but something about the that really struck me is even though like later the lady goes on to like murder a billion men and then like feed them to this dead man and then he takes their skin and it's an issue, and then the angels that are also demons, they show up, and, you know, the guy's got pins in his head, and the guy's got, you know, his, his throat open, and the guy's got glasses on, like, he's from the Matrix, and it's, you know, even though all that happens, right, and there's the box, and the light, and the, 
the the guy takes the box and then it zooms in on there. Whatever, dude, it's horror. Shit happens. <laughs> but the the sex scene in the movie really stuck out to me because it was tender. I don't want to keep using the word tender because like I'm not a meat guy, so I don't fucking care. I eat tofu, bro. It's always tender, right? Tender always makes me think of meat. People are like this tender steak, and it's like I don't know. It just looks like steak, bro. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. It's leaking. Is it good? Um, but like, you know, usually, especially in a movie of the genre, but I feel like kind of in any sort of thing is usually I, I've never seen a movie where the sex scene wasn't pushed to the extreme, like extreme shots, extreme angles, extreme like sound effects, shit, violence incorporated into it somehow you know what i mean which is like i'm you know like if they somebody's kink like go with like you know if, if you're a bdsm person obviously that's cool too and if you're like someone that has a kink for like a dolly shot okay but like i just i thought it was very it was treated very swiftly and very gently in a way that i like i also don't watch porn right <laughs> like it, I, I don't know if you can tell um, but like something that, um, you know, something that it's just uh, the aesthetic framing of some sex scenes, like the one in Hellraiser or sex scenes in romance novels where it's kind of couched in date softness. It's very like intentionally like swift focus in a way that like makes it like loving and patient and gentle. Well, I think ultimately all I want is gentle. You know what I mean? And to be able to, even if I never experience it myself, which I, I hate sex once, okay? I'm going to say, this going to be a whole other episode, maybe, but I'm going to say it wasn't that gentle. Um, but even if I, even if I never experience it myself, like, just to be able to see it makes it feel a lot more safe and accessible to me. And I'm not saying that, like, every sex scene needs to be gentle right i i'm very pro like movies and books that have like big like you know satanic massacre like the sex scenes with demons and orgies and like you know jesus is there and just like he's he's upside down on the cross and it's weird and like you know everybody's dressed like they're from like a death metal band like it's cool aesthetically i love it <laughs> I don't know how it fits into the plot of most romance novels, because most of the, I guess it's more of a movie thing, right? Because most of the romance novels I read, again, are like, you know, lady moves to small town, and she's like, I don't like any of these small town people, except for that man, he's got beard stubble. Love him, can't wait to have very slow sex with him. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's just like, I, I, I'm pro people getting off the way that they get off, but if somebody that doesn't get off it will and never wants to and doesn't have the desire um i just like to see things being treated gently and it's it's kind of i don't know it's something that i've been sitting on for a while because i think for when people get to when people first see me and like i'm wearing like a spike collar right now and i have like the the demon eyes makeup and that sort of thing and i very much talk like i am uh <laughs> just like a just a 45 year old man sipping on a beer um, I'm sipping on a seltzer. I do like beer, though. But, you know, I sound like I'm somebody's dad. <laughs> I think people, you know, are mostly like this. I, you know, I'm not, well, why does this guy read romance novels? 
And it's like, I like that. And I think that for, I, it, they've been such a weird, I just, I do read them for the plot, but also like the, the feeling of tenderness hasn't gone away from me yet. You know, like sometimes I get to like, I can tell it's about to be the sex scene because they've just stepped in from out of the rain and they're taking with each other's clothes and they're like, let's get you into some dry clothes or none at all. And then they conceive a baby the night and sets it up for, excuse me, sets it up for a sequel. You know what I mean? Um, but um, like it hasn't gone away for me. Like I, I, their routine, like to an extent where like I can tell what's going to happen right like but it, it's comforting in a way and so i i i, I do want to just put that out there for people that like you know i think also like something that bothers me is that survival is so like also like you don't have to read romance novels i'm just saying hey if you want if it's something that sounds like it appeals to you they're written in a way that makes it safe usually okay 50 shades of gray whole other thing i haven't read it but i something tells me something tells me um but it's something that you know it's i like them also because survivorship like i was saying was is very skewed in certain ways like survivorship like the conversation around it is very skewed in certain ways that benefit or disadvantage people depending right and i think one of the things that i struggled with really really early on in learning just how to be a survivor Right, because it is a learning curve. I had to like relearn like my body, and it's still something I struggle with. I had to relearn how to like be in the body without hurting myself. It's something that I struggle with less, but um, like that sort of thing. I had to relearn navigating the world around me. Now I have like you know I constantly like constantly surveil. You know what I mean? Like I'm gone. Like I it's a super hyper awareness of the surrounding. I can like feel the heart beating in my chest, and I'm like I don't like that. But it's in me, so I have to learn, I have to relearn how to integrate it into the life I'm already living. You know what I mean? But something that I think people also, something that needs, I think needs to be said more is that some things won't be integrated into the life you are already living, or some things won't carry over. And it's okay. Because, you know, a lot of times, something that I struggled with very early on is that the conversation around survivorship is... Well, how it basically boils down to how soon can you get back to having sex? I remember I found this book in this was like from the 70s, but it was like there was like a statistic in it. that was like, you know, the majority of people that have been raped go back to having sex within two weeks. And if they haven't, it's like they're a basket case. And it's like, I don't it's not no dude what like i know it was the 70s but what fucking shrooms were you on bro but um it just i just, but you know it, it, it's still kind of like i've even yeah i don't see a professional now but it you know there was a time where i was seeing a professional and her if she was hick she was she was she was a fucking fraud um she was a fucking quick i swear to god she had to be she had to be um because like she in addition to she did a lot of other shit but yeah, you know, when i had to explain to her like you know i've been this is something i've been struggling with and that i'm like trying to heal from her immediate thing was like how soon can we get you big to having sex because you have to have sex you have to have sex 
And um, I, I was just like, no, it's not right, dude. Because like, I think everybody's healing. I'm going to say journey again. I know it's wrong. It's, it feels weird to say, and I don't want to say it. But everyone, sorry, everyone's healing journey. Like some people start with sex, like they've hit it, and then they never have it again. And it's okay. Like it should be for them to decide. Like, well, it, you know. It, like not to you know not like they're they're like okay got raped yesterday i think i'm gonna give i think sex is okay for me and i just know that and i i've decided in this moment and now i'm just gonna yeah it's gonna hold true forever you know what i mean like i don't mean they like that but it's like it's up to an individual person like i know like deep deep down that i have a very negative connotation with sex that was kind of already underlying there anyway um and it's just not something that I was truly ever interested in prior. So I'm, I I know that my healing journey won't be regaining interest in something I never hid or lost interest in to begin with. You know what I mean? So, um, but but I think the conversation around survivorship shouldn't be how soon can we get you big taving sex because it shouldn't imply big too, right? And it, it also shouldn't imply that like the only way it creates this metric of like the only way to be healed. Or the only way to experience any degree of healing is to be sexually active. He's a survivor. It like completely sexually active, successfully, you know, quote unquote, with like no nothing nothing bubbles up from inside. Right? And it's like it's so fucking Nero. They like fucking like it just excludes all sorts of people, dude. So I think something was so interesting about um, romance novels and that sort of thing is that, like, for people that want to bridge the gap, but only a little, like, for me, it's like, some people will go right back to having sex, no problem, right? Or go right to having sex, no problem, right? For other people, it might, you know, you might need that sort of, swiftness like get reacquainted with the idea of it here's some media check that out like using it as a tool you know what i mean like yeah you know, i've read things about people using different like smut and that sort of thing like survivors that have turned to smut and they they the, the, the smut in addition to other aspects of healing helps like the um feelings of disgust go away like discussed with the act of sex itself, discussed with their bodies, discussed with touch, with certain sexual things, that sort of thing. So I think the media, like, for for some for some people, you know, like for me, I think reading romance novels and having the occasional sex maybe is as far as we'll ever go. And like I think that it's an option that other people deserve to to explore. Like you can like. It is a goal you're allowed to have. You can also never touch a romance novel. You can never touch smut. You can never witch porn. You know what I mean? If it's like what feels best to you, if you're like, I don't really want to use media in my healing. I don't ever want to think about or engage in anything sexual or romantic ever again. It's fine too. Um, so, but I think that it's something that people don't understand that what could be seen as a middle ground for some people is their furthest ground. And that it should be okay. And I, I, it's kind of what I was trying to say the whole time with about like smut and in my case, romance novels. And I think a lot of other people's cases, romance novels is that form of media being a tool for, again, making that feeling kind of dissipate a little bit, at least for a little while. You know what I mean? So 
Um, yeah. Man, I got so fucking much to say, dude. <laughs> I didn't expect it to take this long. I'm sorry. Like I said, I paid that little fucking... Man, I've been fucking thinking about this shit for literally, just like forever, dude. Not only forever, but and I'm 25. It will happen when I was 19. Um, I, you know, I still can't really think about it without getting a little, uh, like floaty. So, I mean, you know, I'm sorry if I, I, I'm not, I don't sound as funny in this episode. I know that <laughs> the fact that I have like a very cartoonish voice is kind of my, my gimmick, but I know that I've been like kind of stumbling over my words and I don't sound so good in this episode. Um, but again, you know, it's just something that I, every so often, I do want to do a serious episode, even though it is a comedy podcast. I do want to do a serious episode to be able to explore. It's just something that I'm very, um, I've been exploring it for a while. You know what I mean? I've been exploring it for a few years. And like I said, there's not that much of an outlet for a lot of people. So I, um, hey man, if I can be the outlet, I can be, the, I, 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 I do really admire funny people they also talk about serious things you know what i mean and i'm not saying i'm not putting myself in the group as in like i do it well because <laughs> i don't think i do it well um and uh, but like i you know i i very much admire funny people they talk about like very dark things that have happened to them or that they've experienced like i there's you know i i there's a couple funny people that i know of they are guys that will also, you know, discuss their history with eating disorders and that sort of thing. And it's not something that you expect to come out of like a comedian's mouth. Right. But like, I don't know. It just, I I don't know, man. It's just, I, 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 I want to be part of it. You know what I mean? Like, though I do brand myself as funny, I do want to be part of like, there's something underneath, you know, and if there's something underneath can help anybody, feel a little less alone or provide like any sort of representation for people going through anything that are underrepresented in the community of people that go through that certain thing, then by all means, I, I, I want to do that. I'm not saying I'm important or nothing. I'm just saying, Hey, I'm here. So if you're here too, um, I, I see you and, uh, I'm sorry, but you're not alone. Um, Right, so I didn't want to end this on a negative note. Uh, luckily, we made it to over an hour. Um, romance novels, right? What's up with those? So I've been talking about them like they're net good, right? Like net positive. I would say that they're pretty good, but some of them, it's like, oh man, like what were you thinking? So I figured, you know, we could take a few minutes here and we can leave at some of the worst ones ever. So I found a Goodreads list um it's like popular worst romance ever books wait popular worst romance ever books okay so obviously the first three are the 50 shades trilogy is it a trilogy don't tell me there's more than three i didn't even know there was three i was kind of really happy to not know that there were three but it's okay um not gonna not gonna click on it these actually don't look too big. Like I, yeah, I picked this up. I, I picked this up. I pick all these shits up. Okay, maybe this was bad list. I, I should have preferred the 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 list. I'm sorry. Oh man. Okay, here we go. Oh man, here we are. Buck me, deity, by Ruby Steele on Google Play. If this downloads automatically, I am going to scream. 
All right, let's see what it's about. Um, oh, God. One of the authors' pen names is Le Petit Mort. Listen, I used to li listen to Blood on the Dance Floor, okay? Also, fuck Davey Vanity. Um, I mean, I, you know what I mean. He's, he's turned out to be a fucking monster. But I know what Le Petit Mort means. All right, it's the little death. It's I just died in your arms tonight. Um, I gotta know what this is about. Okay, about this audiobook. Yeah, please. Okay. Here we go. My hippie ending. <laughs> this is Buck Me Deity. Um, my hippie endings only come in one variety. Then she wrote into my life. Nannies are supposed to minimize distractions, not cause them. Oh, man. She's got the kind of sweetness that makes a man want to sink in his brand. Sink in his... Is it what I'm doing? Because I'm a working gimmick? I don't know. Hit me up. And she's connected so deeply with my spitfire of a daughter. She hates me thinking I found my... Oh, it's probably Southern, right? She hates me thinking I found my mage. But I have time for two things in my life. My little girl, Lisa, and working my ass off, which is spelled A, um, and then it, it, like in an email, to stockpile my baby of fortune. I should be focused on the ranch and my investments. Instead, this cowboy's aching to break a wild mare. Oh. I'm usually the one who tames the wild things around here. Oh, that's where they are. That's where the wild things are. There we go. Um, but just when I'm ready to give her the ride of her life, she pulls on the reins. Pulls in the reins. Sorry. This southern cowboy sitting in his ways. But even I realize something needs to give if I'm going to keep her. God. And you can listen to all that for two hours, 49 minutes, and 25 seconds. I'm really glad they put the second count in there. Uh. Huh? <laughs> sorry oh god i'd probably read it i'd probably read it <laughs> i'm not a big audiobook guy I, I am a big podcast guy obviously um but yeah i'd probably pick this up from the library and give it back a day later not finished but oh god this person's got more okay uh they have a song called his virgin sorry not song audiobook it might be called his virgin one uh sorry his virgin escort one an older man and younger woman romance. Oh, I'm going to read through this so that we can see if we need to cool the cops. <sighs> There's one virgin I'd love to train. Caden says, the Excalibur is a new escort joining the force and she's all mine. For now, Kale, the owner, hates to swear to me he was telling the truth. She's a virgin. Who wants to be a professional escort? And Keel wants her to spend a week with me before she's auctioned Oh, God. Auctioned off to the highest bidder. I'm supposed to use my sizable skills to train her to please a man without taking her innocence. Oh, God. Ugh. <laughs> I've never broken my word. She's not here for me, but I can't let another man touch her. Let me, let me, t I'm just, I'm just going to guess. Dick and ease. Uh, that's probably what happens. Grace says, this is another character from the book. It's crazy, but I have to. I need the money. And I need what Caden is teaching me. The... I can feel like kind of off this whole episode. I think this is going to be what does me in. Oh, man. The things that man can do with his hands. And his mouth. And his... Oh. I'm surrounded by luxury and wealth when I'm with him, and I'm getting used to being in his bed. I'm going to throw up for real. Okay, um, yeah, absolutely wouldn't read that. I'm pro-sex work. Um, I just, it's like the weird, like, why are they so into her being a virgin? That's what's freaking me out. 
like, you know, she wants to be an escort. She wants to be an escort. Hell fucking yeah. It's just, I just, it's, she's mine and I've purchased her at auction and I'm going to fuck her with it. I'm just going to do intercural the whole way through. I just, something about that makes me feel weird. Um, yeah, probably want to read the eight one. All right, let's see what else we got. But you're a horse by David Bustle. I think we've all probably seen this one. Um, I think I read the title wrong. I'm sorry, but you're a horse. And it's a lady in an old-timey nightgown, and she is hugging a naked Bojack Horseman. A naked, hyper-realistic Bojack Horseman. Uh, so I, I've, I've, I've seen this book on the internet before, because it is satire. Like, it is, like, the, the, the cover is satire, and also, like, the insides are satire, but there's no correlation between the actual stories inside and the cover, which is good. I didn't want this lady to be dicked down by Bojack Horseman. He's a piece of shit. I've heard about this. I've heard about this show, but at the same time, like, why do you have to be the cover? Why is he fucking hands? Why is the horse have hands and muscles? And why is she so into it? What's happening? Um... Worst romance novel. Some of these, a lot of these are, like, joke. I mostly read ones from, like, the 80s. So, I've mentioned on TikTok, I have to finish this one, I, I've mentioned that I was reading this one called Silk? Is it? It's right next to me. What the hell is it called? I have to turn the, uh, Oh, it's lace. It's lace. I'm sorry, not silk. It's probably a different one that I've read. Um, they're all silk something, lace something, you know, lingerie something. Um, this one's called lace, and um, I haven't finished it yet because I'm afraid. <laughs> but there's a scene. I'll, I'll do it on the podcast. Fucking, I don't care. There's a scene where um, um, a guy and a lady are making hot, passionate love. And he plucks the goldfish out of its tank and shoves it up her, her hoo-ha. And um, they, I'm going to say, I, you know, hey, man, I've stuck my hand up my own because, you know, I, I use the, the period cup, so I have to. Uh, wouldn't put a fish in there. It's, you know, it's not that I let my hands linger. Like, I'm not, like, having a vacation up in there. But, like, you know, just from the, the breathe, woohoo, in and out, I'm going to tell you I wouldn't want a fish in there. Wouldn't want the fish to have to put up with it. Um, but yeah, so let's see. She's the 80s worst 80s. Oh, God. All right. What's the worst romance novel you've ever read? This is from librarything.com. Let's see. Oh, <gasps> so, okay. So this is why I put so many fucking caveats into what I was saying about romance novels can provide a safe space. Usually this person says it was a book. The, 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 the thread title is Stinkers. What's the worst romance novel you've ever read? I don't know if they're referring to the books as stinkers or if they're like, hey, stinkers that use my stupid fucking website. Like, I don't know. Has anyone seen the fucking, uh, what's the show? I think you should leave. And I think it's like the first, uh, I can't remember, Tim something. Um, I'm going to get this one right. It's on Netflix. I think you should leave. Tim Robinson. Okay, so it's uh, sketch comedian Tim Robinson. And um, he is deranged and i i love him very much and um he he is the show on netflix which is a bunch of like sketches that he couldn't pitch anywhere else 
So um, there's one where it's like a group of ladies who to brunch and they caption, they, they take a picture and they like caption it. And it's like, just hanging in with my dumb blonde friends. And then one of them just goes completely overboard and is like, I would brutally murder every bitchiest, hoiest slut sitting at this goddamn fucking table that I wish was on fire. It's like, they, so it's, I don't know if like, I don't know if the, the website's doing the same thing where they're like, you fucking stinkers that read and think that makes you smart um what's the worst romance novel you've ever read because you deserve it and worse um but one of the first ones is this person says it was a book by Nora Hess I think I recognize that name not sure uh but the hero air quotes crawled in the heroine's window practically practically every every night and uh fucked her while she was asleep because he felt it was his duty and she was in love with his brother and but the brother was a bad guy so he was like, well, if I just rape her in the night, then she'll fall in love with me. Yeah. Um, I can see that being somebody's fetish content, and I'm not here to, like, yuck that. But at the same time, like, you got to market it. You got to market it. You know what I mean? I think part of what made Fifty Shades of Grey so striking when it came out was that it was fetish content, which, again, nothing wrong with fetishes. Um, most of them, looking at you, book, they put a fish inside of a person. Um, but like, um, it's just like, uh, you gotta market it correctly. Like you have to be like, I think this is one of those things where like, maybe at the time they didn't hate the language, but you have to specifically be like, this book is like for people with rape fantasies, that sort of thing. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not in a position to shame anybody for having a rape fantasy because like, I, you know, I know that a lot of survivors, it's something that they find power in doing those sort of role plays and that sort of thing. I don't, but I'm not going to shame somebody that does. But at the same time, is the author, you have the obligation to market your book correctly. You know what I mean? And I know that the obligation only extends so far. Like if the publishing house is like, yeah, we'll see what we can do. And then they fuck it up. Like it's on them. But like, oh, holy shit, it's horrible. Let's see. Let's see. This person didn't like Gone with the Wind. I'm going to be honest. Didn't know that it was a book. Um book by someone named Beatrice Small. Let's see. There was a sex scene every three pages. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That reminds me of a book that I have read before called Cherry? Candy. Candy? Candy. I, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, it was a book that... Am I wrong? Is it not the name of it? Candy. Book. Not 2005. This is just way earlier. Uh, 1958? Is it? Yeah. Okay. So, again, this is another thing where it's, like, marketed correctly. Because, like, holy fucking shit. It kind of reminds me of this book that was um, written called Candy. It's from 1958, and um, it's basically this girl just getting just raped all over the goddamn place. But they wrote it as erotica, um, and I it was like huge in the 60s, and it's considered one of the 25 sexiest novels ever written. Um, it's just I, God, I. Ugh. <laughs> Um, I just, I, 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 I personally don't have, you know, I just don't have the stomach for it, obviously, because of 
<laughs> shit I got going on. But just like they, it was like it was just every, literally every page. She was being, she was unconscious and being touched by somebody new, and it's just like I. Ugh. But I also understand like they could be, uh, like it says that the film was a farce. So like it, you know, I, they they could have been trying to do something with it that I just didn't pick up on because of the immediate like warning bells in my brain. But it's also I'm gonna say hated that book, hated that book. Um, and you know what could have saved it? Probably a few less sex scenes, air quotes. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, uh, ooh, let's see. Now these people are talking about good books that they liked. Fuck that shit. Worst romance novels. All right. Oh no, I want, I want the shitty 80s romance novel. Yeah, Goodreads. Okay, these look, look pretty modern. Um, <laughs> this is the ones I want with the shitty fucking covers. <sighs> what is this one called? Faces Clown? Oh, I'm not signing up. I'm, bitch, I'm clicking. Sorry, Faces of a Clown. Let's see what this is about. Um, this was published in 2004. It's close enough to the 80s. Uh, huh, this person says, I'm glad I gave this book a chance. Um, yeah. Okay. Why is it called Faces of a Clown? I need, I need to know. Does Goodreads fucking suck is a website? Maybe a little bit. Um, it's okay. You know what? You know what? Who cares? Who cares, really? I think the best way to, um... To 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 um read this one up is talking about um ooh, 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 man romance novel covers because honestly you know the minute I say romance novel the minute anybody says romance novel the first thing people think of is oh the fucking cover you know what I mean and some of these are just mean all right so let's see we got this list on lit reactor and what I'm gonna say. I, without having seen the list, because obviously I do these lists sight unseen, even though I've learned time and time again, I shouldn't, because sometimes the website sucks, and sometimes the lists are dumb. But, you know, it's funny. I get to make sounds into the microphone, and I think that entertains people. But, um, I'm gonna say, chances are I'm not gonna not read these books. If I saw one of these books in Savers for, like, a buck twenty-five. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I don't care that it's called Baby Bonanza by Maureen Child. It's got to be a fake name. It's got to be a fake name. Or she was just like, shit. I guess I gotta write this book, right? She like thought of the idea and tried to piece it off to other writers, and they're like, no, nah, dude, your least name's Child, bro. You got it's got to be you. It's a businessman smiling in front of a city that is yellow, kind of in the way that an atomic bomb going off in the background would make it yellow. I don't think it is. I, I just think that like. He's holding babies. He's holding twin babies. Billionaires and babies. Oh, it's a series. Ooh. It's on Imprig, so there's that. Um, I'm not saying if it's good or bad. Hey, man, if I got pregnant, it would be Imprig, and I'm so happy to not be pregnant. Bushwicked groom. All right. My God, why is he... Hmm... Hmm. Who did she just shoot? So, okay, so it's a guy that his facial expression kind of reminds me of Garbage Day. 
from uh Sanjay Crust. Um Slaybell? No, fucking what I did I saw it on Shutter recently. Um uh, it'll come to me. Garbage Day movie, right? We we know it with Santa Claus? Santa Claus? Santa Claus is a book. Santa Claus is a book, right? Isn't it the book where it's like the little dog and he saves Christmas? I read all those books as a kid. I had to stop because in one of the, the books, it was a little dog. He was like rescued around Christmas. Not a romance novel. It was a children's book. But um, he like runs around saving people with the power of Christmas. It was cute. But I had to stop because they he had just like a graphic depiction of his owner having appendicitis. And it freaked me out. And so now I'm terrified of appendicitis. So it's cool. Um, anyway, this one, this one, he's a guy, he's doing, he's doing garbage day face. <laughs> he's very muscular. He's sitting on a bed and it's a lady in a nightgown and she's blowing on a smoking gun. And it's like, he, it, the implication is that he's not bleeding, but the implication is that like she shot him and now he's horny about it. I don't know. I'd read it, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'd read it. All right. The cowboy and the Kosiak? Not sure what the it word is. Something to yo. I think I own this book. <laughs> I recognize the intimate the intimate moments logo with the top, uh, and it says code name danger. And it's a it's a guy wearing a cowboy boot and a lady with her leg mostly out, and she's wearing uh, an ugly sandal. It's fine. It's fine. I'd buy it. Fucking yeah. Oh yeah, there's a bell on his boot. It's just kind of what a spur looks like. Discreet young gentleman. Oh, man, that guy's... Holy shit. <laughs> man, all right. Uh, wow. Wow. We have Elvis hair. We have mud and chops. We have somehow this guy, he's like six peak ebs, but then also like his side... He's separate Abe's. I don't know if it's just because I look the way I do that I don't know if I don't know if it's real or not. Good for them though. Gay lovers. He he's the biggest bulge in his pants. Oh, I it's not a discreet gentleman, not to me. Um oh Wolverine. Yeah, that is that is who the guy with the Elvis hair and modern chops looks like. They're right. Leaving LA. Who cares, dude? It's just a pregnant chick. Let her fucking be pregnant. Let her fucking leave LA and be pregnant. You know? Just, I don't know. I, I, You know what? I'm going to be honest. I don't know too much about healthcare in LA. I've never been. Maybe it's better to leave LA when you're pregnant. Who cares, man? Uh. Huh. <laughs> You'll be mine. L-Y-U-L-E. It's just two people fucking in front of a Christmas fire great <laughs> the, the one i really wanted to talk about is um there's this infamous cover from castles in the air by christina dodd which i've been meaning to read but honestly looking at the cover i, I feel like the book will, will be fantastic she's she's a known she's a known writer she's a known writer <laughs> she's like known in the the community she she makes good shit I'm not super into, like, historical or medieval romance anyway, but the thing is that the lady on the front cover is laying on the ground being kissed by a knight, and she got three arms, and nobody noticed that she had three arms until publication, so. And I think that's probably the most important thing that I've said this entire episode. I think I should leave. <laughs> I, th I think it's, it's a birthday time. Uh, hey, you know what? I just want to say I'm not one for gushy shit you know what i mean other than just doing a whole fucking episode on being a survivor and 
finding solace in the tenderness, we'll say the word again, of romance novels. I do, um, I do really appreciate you guys listening to this one. Um, you know, no matter who you are, you might have no fucking idea who I am. You just stumbled upon this one, you're just like, this fucking guy, something about his voice, uh, sounds sad, sounds like a sad man, sad man with a silly, silly accent. Um, and it's true. Hey, they don't call me Mickey Soro for nothing, right? Um, but yeah, genuine, genuinely thank you for listening to this. Genuinely thank you for listening to all of these. But like, you know, hey, man, <laughs> we got to the end of this one. So thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. And, um, you know, if you vibed with any of the shit I was talking about in this one, like there there's resources, you know, and there's hope and there will be more in the future, too. Um, so you're not alone. And I'm, I'm sorry, but. At least you're not alone. I didn't phrase that good, I'm sorry. My phrasing things good meter is all running dry. So I'll let you guys go. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode and any episode. And, um, you know, it's been real. Uh, I won't see you next time, and you won't see me next time, because it is an audio medium. And um, I will hear from you next time, because it is a one-way street. But you'll hear from me next time, and we'll try to do a happier episode. But... In the meantime, love you. Bye.